Hi guys, welcome to Between Appointments Podcast. I'm Sarah, your host, and this is where I dive into conversations, topics, trends, and all the things in between that clients bring into the shop while I'm doing their hair. These conversations are so big, broad, and fun that they belong in the ears of many. So thanks for being here, and let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome back. It's me, Sarah, your host, and this is Between Appointments. I am so grateful that you're here. I say that every time I hop on, but really, it's the best words I can use to phrase all of your support. So sit back, relax, and let's jump in. This week, we are talking about money. I put a post up last week on my stories about some of the conversations that were coming in as clients were in the shop and without fail, the overwhelming vote was money. (laughs) I was really like, "Mm, I love this conversation because it's getting much more comfortable to talk about. And also I'm not an expert, but I'm here just to kind of share my experience and some of the stuff that's been musing at the shop and in my own life. So Um, I guess the way that this really kind of came up is like everybody's been coming in talking about how many, how much things cost. Like I've had to do a price increase, which is like cumbersome to like talk about money with clients, but it's just part of the business. And I had this experience recently. Um, I went to get groceries for us and it was a smaller grocery run. I wouldn't say I was like backstocking our cabinets, anything like that. I didn't buy supplements or any protein powders. I wasn't buying any alcohol or a lot of meat. Um, and the gal who was checking me out, she saw the total was $303. And she's like, I got to go through and count these. She's like, I just, I can't believe that this all costs that. So she went through and like counted all the items to make sure it was the right number of items on the register. And it was, and she was like, oh my gosh, she's like, I just can't believe how expensive this stuff is. She's like, it's getting out of hand. And I said, I would imagine you see that all day long. She's like, yes. And she's like, some people think it's like my fault. And she said, it's just hard to be in her position. Asking people for money, helping them put food on the table. It's just, I felt for her. (laughs) I said, well, you're doing a good job. It's not your fault. And thanks for being thorough. Because I was sticker shocked myself. I was like, wow, okay, well, this is life. So hearing that story with clients sharing their stories about, you know, just going and trying to buy cars. Um, A lot of people are like experiencing that with their teenagers being to buy a car. And it's like to buy a used car nowadays, I mean, we all know has gone up exponentially. And then new cars on average start at like, I think somebody, Last week said it was like 80000 on average for a new vehicle in the U.S. And that just blew me away. <laughs> I haven't done the research myself, but hearing that, I was like, oh my gosh. And buying a used car, I mean, at least 25000 I mean, for a decent car, I would imagine, and higher miles. So money, it's just what it is. I think it's funny because... I have a job I love where I do get to make money to buy the stuff that we need 
and to experience life. And also I hear people who come in who are working jobs that they don't love to make money, to buy the things they love and the things that they really don't need sometimes just to make up for the fact that they don't love their job. And so it's like this weird cycle that some of us as Americans have fallen into where I buy the things to make me happy and I need the money to buy those things, but the place I have to go to get that, that creates the unhappiness in my own life is why I need the money to buy the things to make me happy. It just, it breaks my heart a little bit. And I know some of my clients have definitely expressed like, I go to work so I can do stuff like this, like come in and get my hair done because it makes me feel better and support somebody I love. And I appreciate them so much because I mean, I get it. Like you need to feel better. And it puts like this little bit of like responsibility on us as service providers in the hair industry to like give to these people. Like we are lucky as creators, especially if we're self-employed to kind of be living our dream job life. And we want to make sure that those who maybe don't have that privilege at least get to have these moments of enjoyment and ease and just like an experience. And I've talked about it before, so I won't go there again. But hearing people talk about that's the reason they work is just to find fulfillment somewhere else. It breaks my heart because it doesn't seem like it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. Like there was a post I saw too last week somebody put in their stories and it was like the tax system is like the biggest scam because we're paying taxes on the goods we buy and then taxes on the money that we make to buy the goods that we pay taxes on. And I hadn't heard it framed like that, but seeing it, it just kind of percolated in my brain more and more. And it, it really is so confusing. So I mean, a little bit of like my own story with money. My parents, they grew up or they raised us really never having this scarcity feeling or like we were going without. We went to a private school that my parents paid for. Like we always had clothes on our back. We traveled and my parents did a really good job of making sure that we never felt like the pressure or the stresses that I'm sure they were under to provide like that. But I know that there was a lot of that there, just it was behind closed doors. And I have to say, as a kid, it was really beneficial because I wasn't stressed out over it. I wasn't worrying about whether we had money to do things. I just kind of went about it. But those generations, not just my parents, but in general, like they were not allowed to talk about money as freely. And so they kind of embody that with how they raised the next generation and talking with clients like our parents didn't teach us about money not in the sense that we are teaching generations nowadays because it just wasn't socially acceptable to talk about it and so thinking about like my mom I have this like one memory that I've shared with a few people but um I had a job I got a job in high school my sophomore year And I had my own checking account. I had always babysat. I loved to work. It was just kind of part of who I was. And my mom, Starbucks, was like kind of on like the beginning stages of its era. And 
my mom, she saw how much I was spending on Starbucks after I got my driver's license and I had my own money. And she was like, you shouldn't be spending that much money on Starbucks. That's ridiculous. And like, she was 100% right in her calling me out on that. And also what we could have done in that situation was like, hey, let's set how much you should spend on Starbucks each month. And like learning that budget mindset because I didn't really learn how to budget until like my late 20s, early 30s maybe. Like it's new to me. And as I talk to a lot of people, it's still pretty new to them too. And now we know like, hey, you can spend your money however it is that you want. Just do it within the realm of what you have available versus going into debt or racking up like a lot of excessive spending in areas and going without in other areas. And so I, I think back to like when I was a kid, we had a really good family friend and she had this envelope system and I'd stay the night at her house with her kids and we'd go to the movies or whatever. And she'd pull out like their envelope for like activities like that. And I, that was one of the few exposures to this concept of budgeting that I ever had. And I know I'm not alone in that because a lot of people have shared the same thing. Like they never had anybody show them how to a lot money to things. And so then it kind of trickles in shame when you do spend money on certain things or people start to think that you do have money because that's how you spend it, even though that's not always the case. It's, it's a whole world of complicated that we used to live in with money. And now I feel like things are getting a little bit more transparent and open when it comes to the subject of money, which I love. I chose earlier this year myself to do a little bit more work on like the energy of money because that's just who I am. I love to do that inner work and like understand the why to get to the like, how am I going to do it to be better? And when I started to look into like how to do work around this, a lot of like our money, like energetics are tied to like relationships within our families and not in a bad way, but just in a way that like you, you need to like look at what those narratives are. I worked with um, this program from Jamie C and I think that's how you say her name. She's on Instagram. Um, but she had some free workshops and it was really interesting because like she was like, you need to speak lovingly to money. Like we all exchange money. It happens everywhere. And how do you talk to money? And one of the exercises she had participants do was write a love letter to money. And my first little letter to money was so poor. (laughs) And I don't get lost on words very often, but I didn't have much to say about it. I wasn't mad at it, but I, I didn't have much to give lovingly towards money and reflecting on it. It's because like, I always had a little bit of shame around it. I remember getting my car back years ago And I bought it used. I had a friend who helped me kind of navigate purchasing my own car. I bought a used vehicle and I drove it to work the next day. I was so proud of myself. Like, I just was so pleased. 
And I had these clients who walked in at the same time as I did and they saw my car and she was like, oh, you must be doing well. No wonder my hair costs so much. And it took like the wind out of my sails. And it's like, uh, just because I bought this car doesn't mean that I'm like this millionaire or like really wealthy human. It's just how I choose to spend the money I earn each month towards that car payment. It was a used Audi. Like it had low miles. It was a great deal. And I love that car. It has since been paid off and I still love my little car. She's cute. She's safe. She makes me happy. And that client's words that day like did so much like shame building around how I spent or like projected how I spent money because I didn't want people to get the wrong impression. But that's what it did. So then as I'm doing this work this year on how I feel about money, like there was a lot of shame about it. I didn't feel good about how I spent money because I always had people making comments about it. So I had to kind of work on like letting that go and not be ashamed of it and kind of get the confidence back in myself that here's where I value spending my money and this is why. And so in our house, um, we have kind of had these conversations over the last several years. Like with food, we really value buying like good food and maybe not always buying the cheaper on sale stuff or the more affordable brands but buying the food that matters to us with the ingredients that we love and it may cost more, but that's just where we would rather see our money go to support our health long-term. So we don't really question it too much. We do have somewhat of a budget or I have like in my little planner, a little bit of a budget each month for us food wise that we live within, but we go without a lot of other stuff too, to make up for it. So Just kind of working through those things personally this year has helped me really understand a lot of like my old stories around money and how I felt and then kind of let me release them and let go of them. Another thing I did this year when it came to money was I was recommended this book. Her name is Jen Sincero and she wrote the book, You Are a Badass at Making Money. I think she wrote another book too. I haven't read that one, but I have had countless clients over the years who are entrepreneurs or business owners or just kind of boss babes and big girl jobs, I call it, that have said, you should read this book. And I've kind of like, oh yeah, for sure. And it just never has happened. And then this year I checked the book out of the library and I am so sad I didn't read that sooner. Her words were wonderful. The stories, it's very easy to read. Whether you are self-employed or not, I highly recommend reading it. It is so good. And even if you're not into like woo-woo stuff, she doesn't go there, but she does talk about like your energetics with money in a really like safe, fluffy cloud kind of way. And so, I don't know. I just, I'm really glad I did that. I have seen it bring in as I've like gotten more comfortable and confident with like my relationship and the way that I can talk about money a little bit easier. It's actually given me so much more confidence in other areas of my life, which I mean, hi, I'm starting a podcast. I have, I'm not worrying about what people think. It's beautiful. So thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jamie, (laughs) if you're listening to this, but that's part of the work I did this year. And 
I've shared some of it with some of my clients and some of them have kind of tiptoed their little feet in the water of doing some work around this and they're seeing it pay off too. So I love sharing these exchanges and hearing what people have to say. I had a client, she told me once, she's like, um, if you, she did a similar program where you had to like write a letter to money. And she's like, if you write what you feel about money next to your bed, next to a glass of water, it helps it transmute into like the ether. And so for about 30 days, I kind of every night like wrote something positive about money just before bed. So it kind of programmed in my brain. And I text her shortly after I like finished the 30 days of doing that. And I was like, I don't know if it was just the placebo effect or what, but like it really, it really helped because I was focusing on shifting that mindset. So thank you to the client that I think is listening to this podcast that gave me that tip. Um, the other thing that was funny that came up this week was four different clients who are not social with one another, don't know each other, all brought up the same document docu-series on Netflix um, by Rama Sethi. And I have followed him on Instagram for a while and I love his conversations about money, but he has a show on Netflix called How to Get Rich. And everyone's like, you have to watch it. And right now, like summertime, we're definitely watching more TV in Arizona because it's so dang hot and it's on our queue. We're going to queue it up once we finish Shameless because that's totally where we're at right now is we're watching Shameless. But um, How to Get Rich. The premise from what I hear is Ramit sits down with like different people and kind of helps them figure out their money stories and then how to like pay things off and like get rich. And I think realistically, you know, we all want to be rich. Now, rich doesn't necessarily mean that you're a multimillionaire. I mean, it can, obviously. And I think if you didn't want to have a lot of money, you're kind of lying to yourself. <laughs> but I think the idea of being rich can look like just ease in different ways or having the ability to have experiences or the lack of stress or pressure on your household means that you're rich. It's not necessarily the number of dollar signs or like the amount of money in the bank, but it's what does it make your life feel like? And so I'm excited to try dive into like that little series and just see what else I kind of pull away or take away from that to apply for us. But I have a really good client of mine who she is a financial advisor and she is a total badass. Like I love her and she is a working mom and she just is such a wealth of knowledge and I'm not a client of hers, but it's one of my goals to be one day. And when she comes in and she shares or sheds light on like topics or things, I'm always like, oh my gosh, this is why you pay financial advisors what you pay. And that conversation came up this week too. Somebody was sharing with me how, you know, they put their money in with their financial advisor and they invest it. And then they realize like they're earning, they didn't realize how they were getting paid, but they were earning 1% off of what they were doing for them. And 
yes, you could totally go do that for yourself. But if you're not the expert in it, is that 1% worth paying them for because they are the expert? In my book, I would say absolutely. But in other people's, they'd be like, oh gosh, you could do that on your own and save that much more money and be that much wealthier, which might be the case, but totally situational. And a lot of people don't understand that that's how financial advisors earn a living is either you pay them a monthly or yearly fee or they're earning off of you investing and earning more off of your investment. So of course they're going to work harder if you work, if you earn more, they earn more. So I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting world, the financial planning space and investment, like stockbroker. I just, that world seems so scary and treacherous to me. And I've had experiences around that a little more personally with um, past relationships, but still just when I hear people talk those like big, scary subjects, I'm like, oh gosh, you're the expert. Tell me what to do. (laughs) And that's, I think how people feel sometimes when they come into the salon, they're like, I'm not the expert. You tell me what to do, go. And that is so empowering to me. So I can imagine that it's probably a pretty empowering thing, especially when they're working with money. Like we all use money. It takes money to live in a home. It takes money to feed our bodies. It takes money to like go out into the world. It doesn't just happen anymore, especially in these states. Like her banking and financial system is completely convoluted and needs to be restructured. And that's part of one of the topics I put up on my stories for people to vote on is like broken systems. And this was one of them and it kind of ties in. So I guess I'm touching on two votes that were coming in, but um, it's like our banking system and all that, like it, it doesn't make sense that there's not as much transparency or enough ease brought to our lives through how our financial structures work in the United States the amount of debt that I have listened to clients share over the years is like I get anxiety hearing about their, their debt stories. Like I had a client once and oh my gosh, (laughs) talk about a vulnerability, like hangover moment, but she had, had purchased a new home, put her residence on the market And it didn't sell as quickly as they had hoped. So then they were paying a double mortgage. They had to pull her investments out of her retirement account to cover the mortgage. And they were, these were big homes and these are big mortgages. And she had 90 days to resupply her like investment account without penalty. And they didn't sell in time. So they pulled out all this money and then had to pay all these penalties once they did sell the house. And so all the profits from their house, like, dwindled. It was a nightmare. And just the stress as she's telling me it, and I'm probably inducing a little bit of stress telling you guys this story. Like, I I just wanted to, like, help her, and I didn't know how. And then I'm sitting here asking her for, you know, $400 for her color and Brazilian or whatever she was getting that day, I just was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. She needs this money. But that's how she chooses to spend her money. Like she chose to make the appointment. She could have canceled and I would have 
you know, I would have been fine without it, but, um, those are the choices we all get to make. And so also not passing judgment or making assumptions or creating stories on how other people spend their money is so much different nowadays because I think the class disparity has changed. We see on social media, all these amplifications of like being rich and being, on the go and traveling overseas and having the high-end bags and buying this and the consumerism, like it just, it projects that you need to be wealthy. And that's not necessarily the case. That's just how those people on social media choose to use their money. I, I mean, I know for a fact, I have clients who are straight up like $50,000 millionaires They walk in with beautiful handbags or amazing shoes. Sometimes they're knockoffs. Sometimes they're not. And they make a very similar living to me as a hairdresser. And I just think like, oh my gosh, but they, they choose not to own a home. They lease cars versus owning cars. They, you know, and those are, that's not right or wrong. It's just how they choose to spend their money. But looking at it because of the old stories of how we used to talk about money or make assumptions about money and how people use it, I would think that they were a millionaire. But that's not fair. That's not right of me to judge. It's just if people choose to come into the salon and drop whatever they want on their hair, that's because that's where they value their money going. It doesn't mean that they have an excessive amount to go everywhere. It's just, that's where it's going right now for them. So I don't know. It's funny too, in the hair industry, seeing there's a big, probably for the last eight or nine years, like big money stylists. Like there's this whole thing on Instagram, like, are you a big money stylist? And they're like big courses you can take where you pay them and they help you like amplify your Instagram following and build your hair extension business or your color business and you're going to be a big money stylist and it's like okay that's that's cool but you're making that person who's marketing that richer by paying them and what are the guarantees on that and why are we pushing that you have to be like a big money stylist in the hair industry when really what about saying hey like let's build like long lasting businesses so you can do this financially for a good chunk of your lifetime and also make sure that your body is safe and healthy enough to do it until you need to retire. Let's set up retirement accounts. Let's find health insurance that works for independent contractors or entrepreneurs so that they're not bleeding out money into these systems that don't work because that would create a wealthy lifestyle, a rich lifestyle for a hairdresser or somebody in a role similar outside of the beauty industry. It's just mind boggling to me that people fall for it. I mean, I had probably in my younger years, I definitely was like, oh yeah, I want to do this. I want to make that kind of money. And I'm totally lying if I were to say right now, I didn't want to make more money right now because I do. But I also want to do it in a way that really projects an authentic way for my family and I to live comfortably and to be able to give back to people and create community that enriches people's lives, not just buying things and putting them out there for people to like feel like they have a scarcity 
need that needs to be filled because they have me in their life. So that's kind of where these conversations have been for myself. This is where they have been this week. I know I've talked with other hairdressers who are like, you know, I just, it's not even that I want to make, you know, 150 or $200,000 a year. I just want to make 90 to $100,000 a year and not have to pay so much for health insurance. And if that were the case, that would change their lives so much. So much. It's so insane what health insurance costs. And I'm not going to go on to that topic today. (laughs) But our banking systems, our culture, everything is like really kind of being like exposed and opened up right now. And for those of you who know, I'm in this astrology class. And so I'm learning a lot about the planets and like what transits do and the speeds and all this right now. That's the the chapters I'm in right now with the course. And this week in particular, we are having a full moon on Wednesday. So that will have been after this podcast had come out, but it kind of is opening up like the dresser drawers and pulling back the curtains and like exposing light into things that are old narratives. So having this conversation about money, it really is kind of poetically timed, not intentionally, but it just worked that way. It's kismet. And really taking a hard look at ourselves like, hey, what money narratives have I subscribed to? What money narratives do I need to adjust or change or do work around? Who can I go to for support and insight? If you don't have access to somebody in your family who does really well with money that you can go talk to, then find somebody in your community. Um, I think, you know, paying a little bit of money to get help with that stuff is not going to be a bad investment. My rule of thumb has always been with like spending money. You never want to pay the highest price and you never want to pay the lowest price. You want to pay like right in the middle because you know that it will be fair and it will be of the value that you're getting in return. I have found sometimes like when I overspent on certain services or certain things, it's like it almost you're you get like this like regret and remorse. You're like, oh my gosh, I have a hangover from spending that much money and I didn't even get that much fun out of it or I didn't get out of it what I wanted. But because I thought if I spent more I would get more, like it just it didn't land. So take those little musings and thoughts and hopefully apply them where you need or share this conversation with somebody who you think would kind of enjoy it or needs to hear it or share it with somebody that could add value to this conversation with me and maybe we'll have them on and we can talk more about money like specifically. So if there's something that you feel like we could go deeper on, let me know. There are ways on Spotify to answer the question and let me know there. Or if you're on Apple, write a review and tell me what you think. Or if there's like a part of the subject you'd like to hear more about. If you're a hairdresser and you want to talk more about the money. Or if you are a person going into retirement and you want to hear more about that. Or maybe you're a working parent like I am that just wants to find ways to feel more 
like at ease with other people having the same type of things come up in their lives financially. Let's go deeper. It doesn't have to be right away, but down the road. So leave me a review and share this episode. Every week I do a little giveaway to somebody who reviews or shares the episodes. And yeah, it's been fun having all of your guys' support. I love you guys. And I will see, or I won't see you. I say that every week too. I will talk to you between appointments next week. Thank you.